0: Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening services.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Shannon. I'll be reading the Bible for us tonight. The passage is 2 Corinthians 6, 1-13. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favour, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonour, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying, yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also.
0: Well, hi St. Matts. it's great to be with you. I wish it could be under other circumstances, but as you've probably heard by now, uh, COVID has hit our house. However, given a range of different circumstances, we thought that for the sermon, this would be the best way forward. Recently, uh, Julie and I did a bit of gardening at the Recreate. It's been something that we've been planning to do for some time. Now, we're not particularly green thumbs, but we do like maintaining a nice garden. We finally pulled out a sickly looking hedge. Pulling it out was the easy bit. What to replace it with is what was really getting us stuck. Finally, we decided that we would replace it with some beautiful flowering plants. It looked great planted, but the proof will come in the coming months. My fear, is that our nice little flowering plants won't spring into a beautiful garden. I fear that our work will be in vain. Paul urges the church at Corinth as we start uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the church that's been made new creations as we thought about last week, the church who Paul now calls co-workers in this ministry of reconciliation, he urges them not to receive God's grace in vain. He urges them to flourish as recipients of the grace that God has given them, as recipients, those who have been reconciled to God and made into a new creation. But Paul's realistic. He knows that there's many things that can prevent flourishing. And so in this passage, Paul is saying, don't receive grace in vain. Jesus is your everything. Well, let's unpack that a little bit today. One way that we've tried to tried not to do our garden in vain is to get some native plants. Natives, they tell me, are pretty foolproof, or at least I hope they are now that I've said that. Keeping our eyes on God's goal for the world is a foolproof way not to receive grace in vain, to be outward focused rather than inner. In verse 2, Paul quotes Isaiah. Like all Old Testament quotes, it needs to be understood in its context. In the time of God's favour, restoration will happen, not only for the Israelites, but for the nations. Isaiah talks of the time that God will say, come out, for those who are captives and for those who are in darkness he will say be free and Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians to the church at Corinth that now is that time now is the time of God's favour, now is the day of salvation but maybe it wasn't quite what they thought it should be and maybe it's not quite what we think it should be either. It's easy to believe the narrative that Christianity is shrinking and out of favour. People who identify as Christians in the Australian census is certainly declining. Yet global Christianity is growing. The global south is bursting forth with Christian converts. And even here in Australia, there is a steady flow of people being reconciled to God You're just not going to hear about it in the evening news. While nominals become nuns on the census, there are still plenty of others who are beginning the journey as lifelong disciples of Jesus. Paul wants to put no stumbling block in the way of people receiving God's favour or God's salvation. We see that in verse 3. Now some stumbling blocks are pretty obvious, aren't they? Rudeness, arrogance, bigotry in our conversations. They're obvious stumbling blocks. Lacking grace or the ability to listen to other people and understand their perspective is another stumbling block. But some stumbling blocks are less obvious. Unbelieving hearts. Unwilling hearts. You know, Christmas is just ten weeks away. Do we believe that God's favour could rest on our friends or our colleagues or our neighbours during this Christmas time? Are our hearts turned to him and therefore turned to them? Or are we the stumbling block? Now I know it's hard. Just in the last couple of weeks I've been seeing a medical specialist. I told him that I was a Christian pastor and I watched his eyes roll. It's challenging, isn't it? But the first challenge is for me. I don't want his response to me to lead me to believe that God's favour could not rest on him. Because as soon as I've done that, I've received God's grace in vain. I've received it only for myself and forgotten the power of the grace that reconciled me to God is the same power at work for him. Don't receive God's grace in vain. Jesus is our everything. So how do we not receive grace in vain? We incline our hearts to Jesus, the one who is our everything. Now we're going to look in detail at verse 4 to 10 in just a moment, but let's understand this phrase first. Jesus is our everything. Paul says in verse 10 that while he has nothing, he possesses everything. The everything is not the things of this world. It's not comfort, it's not great relationships, it's not his next holiday. It's Jesus. While everything else is taken away and when it is, he still has Jesus. Jesus is his everything. In verse 4 to 10, he shows how Jesus is his everything for what comes from the outside. He's everything for what grows up on the inside. He's everything for strength from the upside. And he is everything when life is on the flip side. Everything for what comes from the outside. Paul's struggles in verse 4 and 5 are not the type of things that most of us experience being imprisoned, riots, hunger, beatings. But they were the results of the outside forces which Paul had no control over. What he could control though was the way he responded to those external forces and he chose to respond in a way that would command himself and the message of Jesus to others. Our struggles look different but the challenge is the same. To commend ourselves in all of our words and actions as followers of Jesus, even in the face of external hardship. A couple of weeks ago, Andrew Thorburn was appointed CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. Knowing about his Christian faith, the outside world wreaked havoc for him. He was given an ultimatum. CEO of the football club or chairman of your local church council. He had every right to fight, every right to claim discrimination, every right to point out the blatant hypocrisy, every right to bring others down. But what did he do? He graciously resigned. He spoke with honest truth and in so doing he commended himself by his actions and the gospel, rather than putting a stumbling block up, we will face increasing external pressures from our society. Are our hearts so inclined to Jesus, so gripped by the gospel of grace, that even if it means missing out on a dream, one that we've worked hard for, perhaps even deserve, we will commend ourselves by our behaviour. Jesus is our everything for what comes from the outside, but he's also our everything for what grows on the inside. The Holy Spirit grows in us something totally different to that which the world encourages. Purity, understanding, patience and kindness, sincere love. These are the things that commend us as his servants as well as commending the message of Jesus. I don't really recall anyone complaining all that much that Christians are too patient, too kind, too loving, too understanding, too pure, or maybe a little bit on the too pure. In fact, these are virtues that are often called for by the secular world when they critique us. The Holy Spirit is shaping us on the inside and ensuring that grace is not received in vain. Sometimes we feel like we're insufficient. Sometimes we feel like we are unable to live up to the calling of being his servant. Yet, as recipients of grace, we know that Jesus is our everything. As we seek to live out his grace with Jesus as our everything, we also receive strength from the upside. <laughs> Excuse my reference to God being up. Of course, he's on every side. It just works with the directions. We see in verse 7 that God provides the weapons that we need for ministry, the ministry that he calls us to. In today's culture where things are really quickly escalated and taken out of context, personal hostility accelerates as quick as a lion under threat and it's often just as ferocious. Weapons in that context can be a dangerous analogy. But we have weapons of righteousness in our hands. Hands. Hands that were used in battle. They drove spears. They slung stones. They inflicted physical harm. Paul is urging a different way of engaging our hands in battle. While he doesn't say it right here, in 1 Timothy, Paul urges people to lift up hands in prayer rather than with aggression towards others. God's choice of weapons to commend ourselves and his gospel are often perceived as weakness in our age. But God has demonstrated its power and God has demonstrated that his power is made perfect in our weakness. As recipients of grace, we are content to use his methods to go about things his way, to use the weapons of righteousness that he places in our hands rather than weapons that are the equivalent of what the world may use. Well, finally, Jesus is our everything when life is on the flip side. Things can flip flip very quickly, can't they? I'd already uh, written this message when we had a flip in our household, just as many of you have had. But they can flip in other ways. You can have a sudden weather change. You can have a devastating phone call. You can respond to a, hey mum, text only to be swindled. Grace breeds a heart that's inclined to Jesus, who in all the devastation of such flips, and there is still devastation, he remains our everything. Look at some of the things that Paul lists here, whether it's glory or dishonour whether it's a bad or a good report, whether it's been seen as genuine or as an imposter, whether you're in a period of sorrow or great joy, whether you're poor or rich. In all of this, and Paul knew it all, Jesus is our everything. In Jesus, Paul possessed everything. In Jesus, we possess everything. How do we go when things take that flip? A flip in health, a flip in family relationships, a flip in career or wealth. Grace cuts through it all because reconciliation to God lasts beyond it all. If our everything is measured by what we have or by who we are or by what we can attain in the world, we have received grace in vain. Our everything is Jesus. If you come by the rectory, you'll see the garden that we planted and very soon you'll see if our gardening was in vain. As recipients of God's grace, his incredible grace to us in Jesus, let's make sure that we don't receive his grace in vain. Jesus is our everything. Everything needed to commend ourselves and the gospel to others. Everything for what comes at us from the outside. Everything we need to grow us on the inside. Everything to strengthen us on the upside. And everything when life is on the flip side. Will he be our everything in the opportunities that he gives to us? to share his grace in our lives? Will he be our everything, especially as we lead up to Christmas this year? Don't receive grace in vain. Jesus is our everything. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St Matt's West Benton Hills 6pm congregation Is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.